Praise God. He's worthy to be praised today. And you guys have picked a great place to be today. There's no other place I'd rather be than right where I am today, having church with you guys. And so we're going to be starting, or not starting, excuse me, continuing a sermon series that we started last week titled, who was here last week? Who remembered the title? Y'all sound kind of quiet. What was it? Good morning, Holy Spirit. Y'all, let's say that together to the Holy Spirit. Good morning, Holy Spirit. Praise God. We're going to be on part two of that today. I'm excited to dive even deeper into God's Word about the Holy Spirit and what it means and what God intends for the Holy Spirit to be for you and for me. And so the whole purpose of this sermon series is for God to transform us through the relationship of the Holy Spirit. Did you guys know there's nothing more controversial than the Holy Spirit? We like to fuss and fight and argue. The Holy Spirit's responsible for probably breaking up more churches than anything else. The Holy Spirit's not responsible for it, but, but our lack of knowledge of the Holy Spirit, come on somebody, is responsible for the fuss and, and argument. The Holy Spirit is the most important thing that God has given us for now until Jesus comes back. Did you know that? We learned last week that Jesus said it is important that the Holy Spirit come. He said it's, it's more advantageous to you that I go so that I can send the Holy Spirit. You know the Holy Spirit's your helper? Did you know he's your leader? He's your guide? He's your comforter? He's your protector? Why is there so much controversy around the Holy Spirit? Because the Holy Spirit is important. And Jesus never said that the Holy Spirit was more important than him, okay? I am not going to stand here today and say the Holy Spirit's more important than Jesus because he's the Son of God, right? Our salvation is in him. He didn't say the Holy Spirit was more important than him, but guess what he did say? He did say he's important. So before we get started, I want to ask you, do you have a daily relationship with God the Father, through God the Son, through the Holy Spirit? You know what I routinely do throughout my day? I say, Holy Spirit, what up? You know you can do that? I say, what up, God? What, what's going on? Well, what's really going on? Holy Spirit, what up? But what am I missing? Holy Spirit, what do I see? And am I seeing right? Am I seeing wrong? Holy Spirit, what do you want to do in me today? What up, Holy Spirit? What are we saying today? What are you saying today? Guess what? God desires for you to be in lockstep in sync with his plan and with his purpose that he has for you. He has a plan and purpose for you. Did you know that? Are you, are, you, are you getting the information from heaven on the daily with that plan and purpose? If you are in lockstep with anything else, you're probably missing it. You're missing the best that God has for you. We need God the Father. Can you agree? We need God the Son. Can you agree? Yes. Have I talked you into agreement that we need God the Holy? I've heard people say, that you, you're a Holy Spirit church? Yeah, we're a Holy Spirit church. That's kind of weird. I say, no, the Holy Spirit's holy. <laughs> he ain't weird. How does God transform us? Because without him, guess what? I, I'm far from holy. And even with him, I still miss it. But he transforms us. He cleanses us from the inside out by how, by who? Through the Holy Spirit. He uses God the Father through his word. He uses God the Son to save us and redeem us and set us free. And the Holy Spirit, he's that thing that we daily need to stay free. 
If Jesus set you free, you know, you can go right back to bondage. How do you stay free? Daily relationship with the Holy Spirit. Amen. Look at Ephesians 2. If you got your Bibles, go ahead and open there to Ephesians. I'll give you a few seconds. Chapter 2, verse 18. This is the scripture we used last week as we kicked this off. <clears throat> so look at this one verse. The three things we're talking about, all in one verse. Look what it says. Now all of us, y'all say that with me. All of us. Heavenly Father, it's my prayer that all of us here today at Liberty Church Holly Pond would hear your word. It says all of us can come to the Father through the same, what does it say? Holy Spirit. There it is, okay? Because of what, who? Christ has done for us. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, all three in agreement, equally important, all the, the, the trinity of the Godhead that we have, all in one verse, in one scripture, all equally important, all in complete agreement on behalf of our good. Paul understands and is praying and declaring and writing to the church in Ephesus that through, through God the Father and what Jesus has done through the Holy Spirit, let us all come together. In unity. How do I stay in unity with God the Father? I need to accept the Son through the revelation of the Holy Spirit. How do I accept my brother, my neighbor, my sister? I need to understand that because God loved me through His Son, that God loves them through His Son. And if I'm in relationship with the Holy Spirit, there'll be a compassion on the inside of me that won't judge people, but will accept them. And begin to pray for them. Bringing about unity to the body of Christ. Do you belong to God's body today? Have you been grafted into the body of Christ? Guess who the head of that body is? Jesus. Look at your body. Mine's about 5-10 pounds overweight. But guess what? I got all, all parts of of this body. And I like every part. I don't want to lose any of them. I don't want to lose a finger. I don't want to lose an arm. I don't want to lose a leg. Big toe, small toe. I like it all. I bet you like your body too, just the way it is. God has a body. And if you are not connected to his body, guess what? It grieves him. He may be called you to be his, his right arm. And you're rejecting, denying God. You're saying, not yet, God. Really, God, I got all this stuff that I'm currently enjoying. And, but God called you to be his right arm. And as long as you continue to say no and deny and reject the truth of the calling and the appointment over your life, the body of Christ suffers. And even in your sin and even in your, your choice to choose the thing over God, the appointment and the calling over your life is still the same. So say yes today, because God has ordained and called a unity within his body that not even the gates of hell can stop. What's the most unstoppable force on earth? The body of Christ in lockstep, in complete unity, in the word of God, in complete unity, on the promises and provision of God. Not even the gates of hell can stop us. If, say that word with me, if we're in unity. Sad thing is, the people that hate the church, hate Christians, hate the Bible. 
if you was to take a, a, a big scope look at how, how they do things, those that hate God are probably in more unity together with their hatred than God's holy church. They're accomplishing things because they're in agreement within their hate. Guys, what can we accomplish if we would come into agreement with God's love? Come on, somebody. Now, I'm not saying to fight the way they fight. We have to fight the exact opposite. But through the Holy Spirit, guys, God connects us. He transforms us. So last week we talked about the transformational aspect that happens in a believer's life when they get born again, when, when they believe to accept Christ, and God, through Christ, gives us the Holy Spirit, all revelation, the transformation process. Today, as we pick up, we're going to talk about the conviction. Say that with me. The conviction that comes with the Holy Spirit. And I really, let's look at that first point. I really feel like a lot of people, they stay on the fence of their faith because they know if I take that next step, it's about to get real. Deep down in the deepest recesses of who we are, even in our sin, we understand how holy God is. And if I make that choice, I make that step, that means I'm going to probably have to start saying no to some things. And start saying yes to some other things. Right? So there's a transformational change. And God gives us the Holy Spirit because when you accept the Holy Spirit, it makes it easier to keep taking the next right steps. But your flesh and your carnal mind, you just see that choice as, this is going to hurt. <laughs> this is going to be hard. Right? But God sends us the Holy Spirit to empower us and to equip us. Not just to change us, but to use the conviction of God's holiness, not just to do the things we're not supposed to do, but to catapult us into the things God wants you to do. Amen. And the things that you can't do on your own. That's why we need the Holy Spirit. Right? Look at that first point for today. So the Holy Spirit, we're talking about the conviction of the Holy Spirit today. Convicts the world of sin. I love this. Man's conscience convicts of right and wrong, but it's the Holy Spirit's conviction that brings people to faith in Jesus. Apart from Christ, there is a definition within our world of right and wrong. But did you know that your conscience of right and wrong, your definition of right and wrong can be different than your neighbor's? What you consider to be right, they may think is wrong. And what you may think is wrong, they may think is right. Quick example, before I was born again, came got born again and, and entered into this relationship of faith through Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit, Pastor Ian used to think abortion was good. Yeah, I said, I used to think abortion was good. I thought it was right for the woman to decide. And it wasn't until the Holy Spirit came alive in my life that he took the blinders off. See, I was no longer being led and guided by my conscience. See, your conscience is still a carnal thing. It's a fleshly thing. We need the mind of Christ. How do I receive the mind of Christ? You need the same spirit that led Christ. And when that spirit lives inside of you, guess what? You'll see the world the way Christ sees the world. 
And so how, think of this, how dumb is it that we tried to fight, fuss, and argue in life, at work, in the break room, on Twitter, and Snapchat, and Facebook, and Instagram, arguing through our consciousness, you're right, I'm wrong, because I think I'm right, and I'm wrong, and you're never going to change that person's mind. But guess who can? The Holy Spirit can change their mind. Come on, somebody. How do we bring hope and light to the world that needs to be born again through Jesus, through the giving of the Holy Spirit? How did somebody who thought a killing babies was okay go from, from that to now standing in the gap, fighting and praying and declaring life? The Holy Spirit changed my mind. He convicted me. You know, there's a difference between conviction and condemnation. Your flesh will tell you, if I live for Jesus, I'm condemned. I don't get to have a fun life anymore. That's a lie from the pit of hell. I was addicted to drugs and alcohol, thought I had the life. It about killed me. Living for Jesus is the most exciting thing I've ever done in my life. If you're bored living for Jesus, you're doing something wrong. Probably telling the Holy Spirit no. He wants to liven your life up. The Holy Spirit brings conviction to change us. There's a, an innate ability for the Holy Spirit to deposit within us the standard of God. See, the conscience of man, his standards are all over the place. Your neighbor thinks this is right, you think that's wrong. There's, and, and, and Proverbs, the Bible says that the Lord detests dishonest weights and scales. He has one standard, y'all. And guess what it is? The B-I-B-L-E. And if it falls short of this, it falls short of the standard. The Holy Spirit wants to lead us in his standard. And now we all have a standard to shoot for. Now, not one of us is going to be perfect. That's why Jesus came. But in the meantime, until he comes back, who knows Jesus is coming back? How you doing? He's coming back. How's your life look today? It could come back tomorrow. In the meantime, as we wait for our king to re-arrive, Jesus sent the Holy Spirit to keep you safe, to keep you in lockstep with God the Father, to help you, to equip you, to provide for you. He's the standard. Look at John 16. Flip over to John 16, verse 8. It says, when he, the Holy Spirit, has come, he will convict the world of sin, of righteousness, and of judgment. So for the rest of the day, we're going to look at those three things that the Holy Spirit convicts us of. I, I feel like a lot of us, we understand, especially if you've been in church, grew up in church, that the, God convicts us of our sin, right? But you know what? It's, it's, not, it's not so fun to be told no all the time, right? We're dealing with this with Xander right now. I feel like no is the only word I use every day all day long. It's like, no, 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 it'll wear you out. And it's no fun for the parent. Any parents? That's, that's, that's terrible, right? You hate, just you hate reinforcing. No, no, no. Give you a headache. And guess what? It's no fun for the kid. They feel like they can't do anything right. So we're going to talk about how the Holy Spirit convicts us of, of sin and our shortcomings, but that would be, that's really what the law did. It showed us, it was good at showing us how perfect we were, and Paul says this. 
believe in 1 Corinthians, how perfect the law was. It shows us of our sins, but that's why we couldn't, we couldn't progress. We couldn't go any farther. That's why Jesus had to come and the Holy Spirit had to come. Because now the Holy Spirit convicts us of sin and righteousness. Right? He convicts you of the things that you can't do, but he wants to show you of the things that can be done through him. There's the hope of having a new life. We just baptized two souls today. Come on, somebody. And they understand that there's hope for their future. Jeremiah 29, there's, there's a plan and a purpose and a hope in Jesus. Right? So the Holy Spirit convicts us of our sin, our shame, our, our shortcomings. He convicts us of righteousness, and we're going to talk about judgment. The Holy Spirit, if he lives inside of here, you know there's like this internal, internal clock ticking down to your eternal destination. He helps keep it, keep it real, so to speak. You may start entertaining these thoughts and these, these secret things that maybe you still want to do. The, and then the Holy Spirit will be like, no, you remember when? No, you remember you believe in Jesus? No, you remember there's going to be a day when, when the, the, the Lamb... Lion's book of life is open, the book of life and the book of death, and you want to be in the life part? The Holy Spirit will convict you when you're about to do something dumb. Y'all say that with me. Dumb. Put that in the chat. Dumb. Don't be dumb. And be delivered. Let the Holy Spirit deliver you from your dumb decisions. Come on, somebody. Amen. Look at that next point for today. So that's what we're going to talk about, what John 16, 8 just said. So the Holy Spirit, he convicts us, right? He convicts believers of righteousness because Jesus has ascended to Father. We no longer have a physical model. You know what, I'm going to kind of edit that on the fly. I kind of don't like that. <laughs> we do have a physical model, but let me stop for a second. Where's God the Father? Right? Where's Jesus right now? He's in heaven too, right? It says, seated at the right hand of God. Where's the Holy Spirit? He's on earth living in you, hopefully. So when we say that there, we don't have a physical model, we still have a physical model of Jesus. He modeled that. But right now, he's not here. He sent the Holy Spirit in his place to do what he can't do for you while he's praying for you. Amen? Now we have the spiritual conviction. The Holy Spirit awakens us to righteousness. The Holy Spirit is the driving force, should be the driving force for all believers. You need to have a better relationship with God through the Holy Spirit than you do with your relationship with your spouse. Then a relationship with your kids. What's the best thing you can do for your wife? Be in lockstep with him. What's the best thing you can do for your husband? Be in lockstep with him. And if you're in lockstep with him, guess what? You won't say the wrong thing. You'll say the loving thing instead of saying the hurtful thing. You'll do the loving thing instead of doing the hateful thing. You won't judge. You'll have grace. Excuse me. You'll give grace. Who wants grace? All hands. That same desire that you want the grace for your life, what would happen if we applied that same desire for the grace in our lives for the grace in our neighbors? See, when you miss it, you want his grace. When you messed up, you want his grace. But dang it, I stinking told them over and over, and I showed them, and they still did the dumb thing. God, give them judgment. 
Hope they learned their lesson. Hope they figured it out this time. That's not the unity in the body of Christ. That's not the heartbeat of God. You're being led by your flesh. If you let the Holy Spirit come in, you see what God sees, and you see a hurting, broken child. And what do we do with hurting, broken kids? When my kid's crying, when he's hurting, it grieves me to a place of action to go pick him up and figure out what's going on. God might want to use you to help the hurting, the broken. Do you have a relationship with him? If you have the Holy Spirit, he gives us that spiritual conviction, that awakens, say that word with me, awakens righteousness inside of us. We, our, our aim, we know we can't be perfect, but our aim is for perfection through him. Right? We ain't woke, we are awake. Oh, I really believe in my heart that wokeness is a perversion, is a sickness, is a twistedness on the, the truth of God. It's a, it's a term, it's a, it's a way of life. If I'm, if I'm woke, i got to live this way, i got to talk this way, i got to jump through these hoops, I better post these things. It's, it's a perversion of the goodness of God. If we're awake, guys, we need to sound a certain way. We need to talk a certain way. We need to walk a certain way. We need to live a certain way. Come on, somebody. We need to be awakened to the things of righteousness. That compel us to a place of faith. Faith in Hebrews chapter 11 says, faith without. Some of you read your word. Having the good thoughts, having the good intentions. Without any good works is pointless. Just having the good thoughts in your car on the way home from work. Just saying, tonight I'm going to love my family. I'm going to really show them tonight. I really love my kids. I really love my wife. I'm going to begin to do it different. If you don't actually act on the thought, it's useless. You know what the cool thing about the Holy Spirit is? He's not always just looking out for you. See, our consciousness, the Holy Spirit convicts us beyond just Man's conscious because in your carnal thinking, you're conscious of what's good and what's right and what's wrong, usually is set up to benefit you because we're self-preservation mode. I'm going to preserve me, myself, and I, and my stuff, and my things, and my job, and my family. But the Holy Spirit conviction blows that out of the water. He wants good for you, but you see it's not about you 24-7. 365. And when he convicts you, he awakens you, and he moves you to a place where you ain't just having the thoughts, you're having God's thoughts. And something actually changes because he transformed you on the inside. Without the Holy Spirit, you can't love your family the way God calls you to love them. Without the Holy Spirit, you cannot go do the thing that God has called you to do, where he's called you to do it, without the Holy Spirit, you cannot accomplish those things. But with the Holy Spirit, you can go above and beyond and farther than you ever thought, dreamed, or imagined. You can love your spouse like you've never loved her. You can love your kids like you've never loved them. You can be the best employee and not just think about it, not just talk about it. You can ascend 
on God's corporate ladder. Not by being a good person, but by faith in God, the relationship of the Holy Spirit. He awakens us from sin to righteousness. Look at 1 John 3.10. Look what this says. So now we can tell who are children of God and who are children of the devil. Okay. Anyone who does not live righteously and does not love other believers does not belong to God. Wow, that's pretty black and white. How do I, how do I prove to God that I belong? Not just through faith. Faith is the stepping stone. It starts with faith, John 3, 16. All those who believe. Upon my belief, the Holy Spirit is awakened inside of me. And now I have this dialogue, this internal dialogue. Before, when you were living in sin, you might hear God as like a little whisper. Don't do that. Don't go there. Don't do this. When you get born again, guess what? That, that volume gets cranked up. <laughs> Come on, somebody. And so now I still have the choice to, to obey or, or, or not to obey. But the Holy Spirit, that, that, that conviction is awakened inside of me. And how do I prove if I belong? By, by, by faith and, and through the obedience and response of that daily prompting that, that God is saying and downloading into my life. And by the acceptance and love that I have for others that belong to Christ and even those that don't yet belong. What did Jesus say about your enemies? said, love them. Ooh, that's hard. Especially when you don't currently like the President of the United States. I may be preaching to myself. Holy Spirit showed me I don't have to like his decisions. I don't have to agree with the way he's doing things. But he sure calls me to love him. Pray for him. You want to know how you're maturing in your faith? Pray for somebody that you don't like. If you can pray for somebody you don't like, guess what you're showing God? That you love them. And, and you desire the best for them. And here's the good news. You ain't accountable to them. You're accountable to you. So at the end of the day, if they keep living that way, on judgment day, they'll give an account. And they'll go to hell instead of going to heaven. The crazy thing is, ain't nobody going to be standing in heaven saying, Woohoo, I told you so. You get what you deserve. We're going to be grieving the lake of fire for eternity. Their destination set. No more, no more, what's that word in golf? No more mulligans. No more get to try again. No more tomorrows. No more I'll do it tomorrow. No more I'll get right next month. No more I'll get right next. No. Eternal judgment. Final. We'll be praising God that we're saved, but we'll be, we'll be grieved that there are millions of souls, billions of souls that will be forever separated from Him. And if you enter through the gates of heaven, you are only going to enter into the gates of heaven because the Holy Spirit led you there. 
You ain't going to lead you to heaven. Your best friend ain't going to lead you to heaven. Facebook ain't going to lead you to heaven. Fox News ain't going to lead you to heaven. You are going to lead you to heaven by your relationship with God the Father through the Son and the Holy Spirit. He's the only way you're going to get there. So does he have a say in your life? Are you responding to his promptings? Or are you ignoring his promptings? Look at that next point. When you respond to his promptings, something happens. We begin to, we get, we get to go on the offensive. You can quit playing defense for a while. Because he wants you to be engaged. Look at what this says. Holy Spirit conviction engages us in the work of God's kingdom. The greatest conviction in the life of a believer is not the conviction of sin. That's a real thing. But the conviction of righteousness. When we respond to the convictions of the Holy Spirit, we go and do the things that please God. The Holy Spirit is how I, how I said before, is how we stay in lockstep, in sync with the things of God, the kingdom of God. What is God saying? What is God currently doing? And if your story, your relationship with God, if it starts and ends with your salvation day, yeah, I prayed to accept Jesus 10 days ago, 10 years ago, 10 months ago, 10, 10 months, uh, am I saying that right? Months ago. Holy Spirit, help me, I can't talk. 10 months ago, Something is currently off in your spiritual life because you are just residing in the finished work of Jesus Christ. You got your fire insurance, so to speak, but if God is not doing a current work in your life, something's off. God does not want you just to reside in, in Christ's finished work on the cross. Praise God he went, but you know he didn't stay dead. On the third day he rose. And so when you believe in that, God don't want you just to stay dead. Praise God we didn't just leave Daniel in the water. I thought he was thankful I brought him up for air, right? Don't, don't, don't just stay dead. Come alive in Jesus' name through the conviction of the Holy Spirit, through sin, righteousness, and judgment. Do something with the gift that I gave you. Jesus said, I'm going to send a gift, the Holy Spirit, the helper, the advocate, to help you, to lead you, to encourage you, to guide you. I said last week, if I gave everybody in here a brand new 75-inch smart TV, every one of you are going to take it home and set it up and use it and download all your apps. Ain't none of y'all going to let it sit in the box in the she shed. God gave you a gift, the Holy Spirit. <laughs> For some of y'all, man, he's right next to you. You know him intimately. You listen. You obey. You ain't perfect. But your goal is to please God because you're awakened to his spirit. Some of y'all have the Holy Spirit tucked away under boxes and junk and filth and sin and shame in the she shed. And you ain't talked to him in a while. And he ain't mad at you. He's sad. Because he doesn't have his best friend. Who's got a best friend? How would you feel if your best friend just put you, left you on red all the time? Who knows what that means? All the iPhone people. I hate getting left on red. I seen that they saw my text and they didn't respond. Y'all leaving the Holy Spirit on red. And it hurts his feelings. He is a spiritual being. He is feeling. He is life. He is abundance. And he ain't mad at you. He ain't judging you. That's not his job. That's God the Father's job. But he wants to protect you 
help you. And you are stiff-arming the only thing that actually cares about you. He truly, intimately cares about you and your joy, your happiness, your ministry, your life. He's closer than a friend, it says. When you're having a bad day and you feel alone, what do you do? Do you just stay alone? It's as simple as saying, Holy Spirit, what up? What up? What's up with me? Holy Spirit, what's going on with me? Holy Spirit, why do I feel like this? And as soon as you initiate that relationship, you begin to feel better. But as long as you keep them locked away in the she shed behind the spider webs, their junk, they'll stay there. Because one thing about the Holy Spirit is he is a gentleman. And he wants to be invited to your life. He'll stay there as long as you keep him there. But if you invite him, guess what? He comes. He can help you lead you to guide you. Look at Matthew 28, 18 through 20. It says, Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son. And who? The Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey the commands I have given you. And be sure of this. I am with you always, even to the end of the age. The conviction of righteousness, of sin and righteousness, it shows us not just the things that I can't do. It shows me the things that I can do. Holy Spirit sets parameters and goals in my life. And I don't just see the things that God says don't do. I see the things that I can do. And God wants every single believer to be moved by the force. I say unstoppable force of the Holy Spirit. If you have even tasted some of his goodness, it's con- it should be contagious in you. Your faith should be contagious. It shouldn't be this stiff, rigid religion that I put on for people, places, and things. If you're in a relationship with God, it's like any other relationship. It can thrive. It could be the most beautiful thing. But it, it, it's not like on any other thing. It's what I, I get out of it, what I put in. What, what I reap is what I sow. And so you have, to, you have to sow. And as you begin to sow by faith, guess what? You get to go. As you're sowing by faith, praying, declaring, decreeing of good things that are going to sprout from these seeds of faith. As you're waiting for the, for the seeds to, to, to blossom and bloom into life. You're still doing. You're still going. You're still declaring. And you, then you come back. You're like, I'm still praying and believing for this. You're checking on my seeds of faith, watering my seeds of faith through the Holy Spirit, praying and believing for seeds and faith of others. Who planted a garden this year? Who got tomatoes? Come see me after church. I love eating tomatoes. Guess what? I don't really thoroughly get to enjoy the harvest of tomatoes unless I know somebody. Because I didn't do the work. I didn't put in the sweat and the time and the love that it takes to keep those tomato plants going. At the end of the day, for them to be ripened and, and picked. So stop standing in judgment 
looking, comparing your life to your neighbors, thinking, why does it always work out for them? Why do they always get the good stuff? Why does it seem like it just always works out for them? Why, why does everybody like them? And the whole time the enemy's keeping you in a place of judgment and in, inactive faith, you don't know the things that they are doing day in and day out with their faith. They have a harvest probably because they read their word every day. They have a harvest probably because they say what up to the Holy Spirit every day. They have a good blessed life probably because they come to church every week. Let's celebrate our neighbor's wins. Let's celebrate when our brother does good. Let's celebrate when God blesses somebody that gets the thing that I am praying and believing for and he has not yet given it to me and the enemy wants to, to kill, kill my love for my brother and my sister because they got what I want. How can you do that? Not through your carnal mind or your carnal competi competition that your flesh craves, but by the love and acceptance of the Holy Spirit. That's how we can celebrate our brother, sister, and celebrate God wins. Because God, the Holy Spirit, is a multiplying force that wants to multiply blessings upon blessings upon blessings. I wonder what God's tomato plants look like. Land of big and red and juicy. I cut them up on a plate and just put salt on them and eat the whole thing. God wants to give you blessings, but it has to start with our faith and relationship with him. Look at the next point. Y'all better hurry up. I'm going a little long here. Some of y'all getting hungry. Holy Spirit convicts us, the world and believers of the judgment, of eternal judgment, because the ruler of this world will be judged. Y'all know Satan will even be judged? We'll all give an account to our lives to God. You need the Holy Spirit because he's constantly sounding the alarm. You should have excitement, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, long-suffering, patience. Holy Spirit gives us those things, but he also gives us that, that, that conviction of judgment. When I step outside of those bounds, I, I, I'm liable for the judgment of my actions and of my words. He, he, he gives us the good things, but he's, he sounds the alarm when I'm about to take a wrong step. Like a little din dinner, like ding, ding, like, this don't feel right. Red flag. Okay, Holy Spirit. He, he, he's protecting your eternal destination. He wants to protect you to get you to that place. The only thing that matters. In the moment, the thing matters. I want to feel good. I want to have the life like the Smiths across the street. I, I want to have the job. But to get there, I might have to cut corners. Or I want to step over my brother to get promoted. The Holy Spirit, he convicts us of judgment because we understand that we're going to have to give an account to God for my life. He's constantly ringing the alarm in our lives. Look at Revelations 20, 11 through 15. And y'all should highlight all these four verses. Because every one of us will go through this one day. Some, I don't know when, but it'll be the same for each and every one of us. Look what it says. And so I saw a great white throne and the one sitting on it, 
The earth and the sky fled from his presence, but they found no place to hide. This is for somebody. There ain't nowhere you can go to hide from your father. Keep running. Keep going. The darkest of darkest places, there's nowhere to hide. He says, then John says in Revelations, I saw the dead, both great and small, standing before God's throne. And the books were opened, including the book of life, and the dead were judged according to what they had done. Let me stop for a second. Do you notice how it says the dead were not judged according to what they believed? I'm going to stop and let that marinate over you. What they had done, as recorded in the books, the sea gave up the dead, and the dead and the grave gave up their dead, and all were judged according to their deeds, not what they believed. Is that what it says? According to their deeds. Then the death and the grave were thrown into the lake of fire. This lake of fire is the second death. And anyone whose name was not found recorded in the book of life was thrown into the lake of fire. So I want to ask you a question. What have you done? Think of your worst day. I got a lot. Some drunken nights. Nights I was high and drunk. What have you done? I got the microphone today. That thing that you've done is bad. If anyone wants to use it against you, it, it, it's, it's bad. But is it under the blood? Because guess what? If it's under the blood, the enemy can't use it against you. Jesus is your lawyer in a courtroom. He's your advocate. Fighting, declaring for a life sentence, an eternal life sentence. Yeah, you've done some bad. And the enemy points his finger in the courtroom. Yeah, he did this. He said that. He did this. And if Jesus is Lord of your life, he'll step in and say, it's under the blood. Once it's under the blood, now I should not be continually doing the bad things. Does that make sense? Don't trample on God's grace. Let me go back for a second. If that thing is not under the blood, let's rectify that today. I'm about to open up the altar and have an altar call, and we can change your life today. you got to get it under the blood. If you've already put that thing under the blood, then through the Holy Spirit, continue to listen to him. So you don't have to go back like a whoop puppy dog and say, I've got something else I've got to put under the blood. Because the Holy Spirit's job is to keep you in God's river of life. Moving in the right direction. Doing His will, His purpose, His plan. So the thing that you've done is under the blood. That last point for today. Holy Spirit convictions remind us that we are accountable to our words, actions, talents, and lives. When we respond, somebody say respond. To these convictions, we live our lives with a kingdom perspective. Glorifying God in all that 
we do. I know living by the Holy Spirit, when I respond appropriately by faith, when it looks terrifying and I'm like, I don't know if I can do that, that seems kind of scary. When I act, when I appropriately respond by faith, I can stand up here and promise you I don't have any regrets. When I let the Holy Spirit lead my life, my words, and my steps. But when I let this thing, my flesh, lead my life in my words, in my steps, y'all, I could write a million-page book on the regrets that I have. And guess how many regrets you will hear in God's throne room on Judgment Day. That place is going to stink to high heaven with regrets. All I had to do was say yes to you, Jesus. Man, this addiction didn't seem so bad then. This hate for my brother don't seem so bad now in God's throne room. I got some regrets. Well, guess what? It's too late. the Holy Spirit leads your life, you won't have any regrets. And you can jump up and shout for joy for how good He is. Amen? I want to close with some prayer. And if you have a daily relationship with your Savior today, if, 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 if you're born again believer, not saying you're perfect, but you are in this middle of this relationship that I'm talking about today. You're not perfect, but you know the one that is. I want you right now to pray for the lost, please. Pray for those that don't have what you have. And pray that God would give those the love and the joy and the peace that you have. So that whatever they've done can be placed under the blood. Thank you so much for doing that. I want to ask you to continue to pray. I want to ask you, if you are in the house or watching us online, you're on the other side of that coin. That is okay. If you have doubts about your faith, doubts about your relationship, if you have doubts about what God is going to say to you on that judgment day, let's change that. You don't have to continue living life like you don't know. If you, you and God are good, if you feel like God is mad at you, why do you feel that way? It may feel that way because you're, You think you're hiding this thing from him, but he knows it's there. The good news is he's not mad at you. Not yet. But on judgment day, that anger for the decision that you continue to reject and deny God over and over and over again, then it will matter. So let's invite him into your life today. And all the questions that you have about the Bible, all the questions you have about what your life is going to look like, he's not going to give you all the answers right now, but what he is going to do is he's going to do something on the inside of you that no one can ever steal, kill, or destroy because God is going to minister directly to your heart. And guess how he's going to do that? By giving you the Holy Spirit to help you. So if you say, Pastor Ian, that's me. I'm ready to go. I, I want to pray to accept Jesus. I want, you, I want to ask you to do something. I want you just to raise your hand up real high right now. No one's looking at you, or you can stand up, one of the two. Stand up or raise your hand. Pray to accept Jesus. It'll be the best decision you ever made in your life. 
you're joining us, watching us online, put something in the chat to let us know you're praying that prayer with us. We'd love to minister with you if you're watching us online. Man, give a few moments. A few moments. I want to lead us all in a prayer. I want you all to sound loud and proud today as we pray over ourselves and over our church. So it's going to be like this. Heavenly Father, God, we love you. We accept your son, Jesus. We believe that he's the savior of the world and of my life. I now confess that he's in charge. He's the leader of my life. Send your Holy Spirit to comfort me now. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Well, praise God. Who's glad you came to church today? Amen. Hey, we're glad you came too, okay? I hope you enjoyed it. And uh, we'd love to see you again. If you don't currently have a home church, we'd love to have you. But uh, we love you very much, okay? Y'all are officially dismissed.